Now, now, let's just, no, 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 no. Come on now. It's what now? It's 10.30 in the morning. There's no real excuse today for like a and a sit down. You know, a is what you get at men's camp. There's been a lot of that this weekend. But let's just try that again with a bit of energy. Good morning. Now you may take your seat. You've earned your rights today. As I mentioned, we have had our men's camp this weekend, and it has been awesome. I unfortunately and fortunately left yesterday to, to come home and, and be here today, which is good. So I, I did enjoy uh, sleeping in my own bed last night, which was good. But uh, I also enjoyed having breakfast this morning, a meal that did not contain sausages, which was good. So if you know anything about men's camp, there's a lot of meat, not a lot of salad. If you're going to eat salad, you kind of got to sneak it in somewhere so the boys don't see you. They give you a hard time for eating salad. But we're, the guys have had a, a great time away, a really impacting weekend, and, and they're going to be back this afternoon. But it's just been great uh, having our church scattered kind of over the weekend. So men's camp, obviously our Malaloo campus meeting this morning uh, in Malaloo, funnily enough. So that's been, that's been really good. And uh, it's great to, to be here today as well, uh, praising God. And we are continuing uh, in our series, Big Rocks. Who's been here for the last couple of weeks and has got a glimpse of this series, Big Rocks? The idea being, if, you, if you've missed that, if you've been under a rock, see what I did there. But if, if you've missed this, the idea is if you have a whole heap of rocks that you're trying to fit into a jar, you want to go with the big ones first and the small ones second. If you don't believe me, go home and try it. Uh, if you try putting all the small ones in first, the big ones won't fit. Uh, or you don't have enough rocks if they all fit, let me tell you. But, you know, in life, we want to grab our big priorities first. We want to grab what we think is important as followers of Christ. We want to grab what is important as a church, and we want to make sure that's where we start. And then everything else that we do, all the other little things, all the important things that aren't necessarily the biggest, we believe will all fit in after we grab our big priorities and we focus on them. And so today we're continuing in that series, and we're looking at the idea of reframing spiritual formation. Now, I know if you're anything like me and you hear the word spiritual formation, you kind of, does anyone like kind of shudder a bit and go, oh, like that sounds difficult. That kind of sounds like school to me. Uh, I've been studying for the last little while and one of the units I need to do is actually called spiritual formation. It's like the educational version. And, And so there's some aspects of that that are awesome. But when I think about that idea, so often I just think, oh, it's about learning. Oh, I've just got to be smarter. Or, you know, it it seems like hard work, and it is hard work, but I don't believe it is boring. I don't believe it's just about knowledge. In fact, there's this great statement that we've used as a church, and it says this. It says, knowing about God and knowing God are not the same thing. That we can know about God. Some of the, the people that know the most about God know God the least. I don't know if you've found that. There are some people that know some crazy stuff about the Bible that I've never, like, known before, and they've taught me that. But yet, they don't know it because they want to know God. They know it because they want to know about God. And so it becomes an argument. It becomes a debate. It becomes a battle based around head knowledge. That is not spiritual formation. That is not what it means to be formed in the knowledge of God. Put it this way. If I know a great uh, electrician, let's use Dylan Del Pino as an example. He's a good electrician. And I go, I want to be like Dylan. I want to be a good electrician like Dylan. It's not good enough for me to kind of watch Dylan from a distance, is it? And kind of go, oh, yeah, you just grab, grab some wires, kind of shove them in, stick it on the thing and turn it on. Now, if I do that, I'll likely die because I haven't had the, the experience of knowing what Dylan knows. If I want to be a great electrician, I need to go and do what? Be an apprentice, right? Takes years of training and learning, making sure you don't switch things on before they're wired up properly. There's a reason why we pay electricians for that job. 
But it's no good me watching him from, from a long way away. I'm going, I know a lot about Dylan. I know that he's married. I know that he's got a job. I know the hours that he works. I, I know the shirt that he wears. To work. I know a lot about him. But that's no good unless I actually know him. And we can apply our relationship to Christ just like that. We know about Jesus. We know what it says in the scriptures. We know all the things that we should and shouldn't do according to what's right and what's wrong. And we, live that, we can live out our life with a knowledge of who God is, of who Jesus is without knowing him at all. And when we look at the idea of what does it mean to be spiritually formed, what does spiritual formation look like? I believe it is not an exterior thing that we learn about, but it's something that happens on the inside of us. And spiritual formation happens best when we allow Jesus on the inside of us to begin to form who we are and allow that to go into the exterior. So we're going to look at a a passage of scripture today uh, out of Ephesians 3. And uh, 14, we're going to start 14 to 19, we're going to read there, we're going to make our way through this passage and just see a little bit of what this is saying to us today. This is written by Paul, it's a letter to the church, and the kind of bit that we're going to focus on here is, is almost, well it is, it's a prayer for the church to grow spiritually. Like if you've got headings in your Bible, sometimes I find those really helpful, uh, and, and it says, you know, a prayer for spiritual growth. And Paul is writing this to the church, the early church, saying, you know what, I, I, I pray for you to grow. And this is his prayer. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he would empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down strong into God's love and keep you strong. You may have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how high, how long, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, I love this image of Paul almost just dropping to his knees and praying. And so this desperation, this, this pleading that his people would, the people he's writing to would understand the love of Christ who he is, that they would be strong in him. And the first thing that Paul kind of points out here is that you would be strengthened by the Spirit, not strengthened by anything else. When I think about our lives and what strengthens us, what is it that makes us feel like when we get into bed at night, what makes us feel like everything's okay, that that we're strong, that life is going well? So often they're external things, aren't they? So often that can be when our finances are in check, when when there's a little bit of extra money in the bank kind of, oh, I feel okay. When I know that my mortgage payment is going to come out and it's actually going to be okay. Or I can go to the IGA and swipe my card and, and not have had to worry about this since I was a teenager, but not worry that it might decline because there's no money in my account. Maybe then you feel safe. Maybe it's the fact that you, you have a loving family and, and they bring safety and security and, and you draw your strength from family. Maybe it's your vocation, the, the status that you have in your job. Maybe it's a good job. Maybe it's a safe job. Maybe it pays you lots of money. And you go, you know what, as long as that's intact and I know that when I go to bed, I'm going to feel like everything's okay. Now, they are not bad things to have that. It's not bad to have security. It's not bad to have a job. It's not bad to have great, loving family. But they are all things that strengthen us from the outside. But what Paul writes about here is about being strengthened on the inside and strengthened by the Spirit. And I love that concept. 
I love the idea that it talks about here that from his unlimited resources. Uh, I remember having a friend uh, growing up who, who they had a, like they, their mum worked in the, they ran like the school canteen. And so it was awesome because if we ever wanted something and we kind of didn't have any money, he'd be like, just put it on my account. I'd be like, awesome. <laughs> just go in, like I'll have this and this and just whack it, on, whack it on his account. Like that's the best part, right? It's not even your account, it's like his account. But then this day came where his parents came to him and said, we just got the school account from the canteen. Can you please explain this? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, was helping my friends and being generous. And like that generosity is like in the hundreds of dollars now. <laughs> You're not getting any pocket money for like the next six months. And so he's like paying it off. And we go, and then suddenly we go back and be like, oh, I'll just put it on his account. And suddenly there was a new rule, like no putting money on his account. And we're like, oh. It was like this unlimited resource. Like we could just have whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And when I think about Christ, we can't just go and kind of take money out of the bank, but he has unlimited resources. Through his unlimited resource, he wants to strengthen us in who we are. So we don't have to worry if there is a God of enough, whether he can, whether he can move that mountain, whether he can deal with that thing, whether he's good enough for us. But through his unlimited resource, he would strengthen us and who we are. There's two words in, in here. The, the, the word strength really comes to the point of talking about overcoming resistance. So not just kind of being strong, like I go to the gym strong, like I don't go to the gym strong, like if you did go to the gym and you were strong, like that kind of strong. Clearly I don't do that. But not that kind of strong, just being able to move heavy things. But the reality that there is a strength to overcome resistance. How often in our faith do we get to that point where we begin to question things because of resistance? Things seem to be going okay. Had a great morning in church. Then I went out and I got some bad news. And we take that bad news and we cast it on Jesus as if to say, well, that's kind of your deal, right? This is, this is your fault. Or I can't deal with this anymore. There's a, so often I'm working with teenagers and young adults that they're all okay with their faith while everything goes well. And then they hit this thing called resistance. And I think we hit this as adults as well. But so often the decision of whether they'll continue in their faith or not continue in their faith comes down to that one word, resistance. And when we talk about being strengthened by the Spirit, is to have the, resist, the strength to go, I'm going to overcome resistance. It doesn't say there the strength to just kind of live out life because it's going to be awesome forever and nothing bad's going to happen to you ever again and there'll be no challenges. It says the strength to overcome resistance. We need to know that when resistance comes, that that is a predictability of our world. That there is a predictable resistance. You know what, I'll tell you this, that when things seem to be going at their very best in your faith, when you seem to be doing well with Christ, when things seem to be falling into place, I guarantee you probably one of the things you will face is resistance. When we're strengthened by the Spirit, as we go through this idea of being formed by Christ, there is this incredible strength to go, it's terrible but I'm going to work through it. That I know that God's got my back. That I know that he is with me. I know that he will not leave me or forsake me. And I will have the strength to overcome whatever the world will throw at me. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. You know, the word power in here goes to the idea of dynamic living. That it's not just power as in like I'm up here and I have power and, you know, people will listen to me and everyone will do as I say. My kids will clean their room every day perfectly because of the power that I have. 
Or that I'll walk around and, yeah, I hear the laughing from the parents whose kids don't clean their room. Clearly, that's not the kind of power Jesus is talking about. But the power for dynamic living, that the reality is that when we're strengthened by His Spirit, when we walk with His Spirit, that there would be this idea of a dynamic living through what Christ does in us and through us. That life would not always seem exciting and rosy, but it would be dynamic. That we would carry the power of Christ with us, yes, to overcome resistance, but to see things happen for His kingdom. There would be this idea that people would look and go, what is going on there? And we would be able to go, I'm just strengthened by the Spirit. Verses 17 to 19. I'm going to read them again. I love this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. The idea of this would be that we are established in God's love. That we would realize, even as we just sung before, I love those verses that talks about the greatest of these. And all these things that are great, but the greatest thing of all is love. And this understanding that God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you do tomorrow. That God will always love you. And because he loves us, he wants to establish himself. He wants to live in our hearts. I love that picture. That he wants to live in our hearts. But what do we need for him to do that? We need the love of God to be what grows us and what is going on in the inside. Growing up, I had a a number of friends whose houses I used to hang out at. And uh, one of those uh, friends, we we became pretty comfortable there. And so their house kind of a little bit became like our house. And their parents were awesome. They didn't care what time we kind of came or, or left. We were always welcome there. There was always kind of a mattress to drag out of the spare room and, and sleep and hang out. There was always kind of food in the fridge. You could hit that up whenever you wanted. And we became really comfortable there like it was our own house. And then one day we came in and there was this list on the fridge of like things you must do if you're going to stay at our house because I think we took it one step kind of too far. But we were so comfortable there because they were so welcoming. And there was always people coming kind of in and out of there. And I love that picture of going that even though it wasn't my house, I was welcome there as if it was my own. And I feel like with my home, I kind of want that to, to sometimes be the same. And we've got a, a, a young person on our staff who, who I, won't rename, well, I won't name him, but he's the youth pastor, not the younger youth pastor. He's the, the older youth pastor. And, and he was, uh, he, he, he's on 98.5 on Saturdays with, with the other youth pastor. And he grew up in our house. Like he grew up and he was at our house a lot. We had a lot of leaders meetings and different things on Friday nights. And one of the the things he would often, I'd find him doing, is I'd look for him at the end of the night. So everyone's gone, like all the, the leaders have gone home. At this point, he was working on our staff and was doing a great job, but he would just go, and I would go down to our spare room, and I'd look in there, and he'd just be asleep in the bed. And I'm like, this certain youth pastor lived like five minutes from my house. It wasn't like he had to drive an hour to get home. And he'd just be tucked up in the bed asleep, wake up in the morning, turn on the TV, and get straight into some NBA which we'd planned, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why did you sleep over? He's like, oh, I couldn't be bothered driving home. I know I'm coming back in the morning, so I'm just going to have breakfast here and sleep. And so he would do that on a, a regular basis. And he was so comfortable with that. And, and I kind of, I love that because I was like, well, we're hanging out anyway, and we'd get up and go have breakfast, and it was a great time of hanging out. But he felt comfortable enough in some ways. While the house was still full, and I think there became this little bit of a problem where multiple people would want that bed. So he would go as early as he could. <laughs> be like, dibs. 
because it didn't work. So he'd just be in there asleep, like I'm like cleaning the dishes and he's snoring in the other room. But he felt comfortable enough to make his way from my living room into my spare bed and in the morning to my fridge. <laughs> now, there was a great level of permission for that. But the reality is there's something about feeling comfortable in someone else's home as if it's your own. Now, there's nothing worse than the opposite, is there? When you're kind of in someone's house, you're like, would you like a drink? Like, no, thanks. <laughs> Can I offer you some food? Nope, nope, not hungry. Eaten four times today. <laughs> Even though you really want that, but you don't feel comfortable. And I think the way in which we set up our hearts allows Christ to dwell there as if it's his home. Or to go, oh, I'm not comfortable with trying to wear that. Now hear me, that's not about being perfect and go, well, because I'm perfect, Christ lives here. Because it talks about as Christ lives in our hearts, as we dwell and we understand his love, that our roots grow down and we're strong. It's like that picture of a tree that's been planted. When it's first been planted, you could just kick it and over it would go. It kind of relies on the stick to hold it up. But then as it gets stronger and its roots grow down, it's almost immovable. You've got to pay someone to come and rip that out. Otherwise, just let it go. But that's the picture that we have is that we create this environment in our hearts because we understand what the love of God is and we, we accept that and we know how high and how wide and how all-consuming and covering it is. Yet we won't understand it fully because we can't comprehend it. But we know that no matter what happens, God loves us. And we realize that the greatest thing is love. And we begin to, to love ourselves the way God loves us. We begin to love our neighbor the way God loves them. And our roots grow down and are established in his love. It says that he'll dwell there. That he'll live there with us. It talks here about the idea that love will trump any kind of knowledge of ours. That you can, we talked about this before. You could know the most about the Bible than anyone has before and completely miss that God loves us. You can get caught up in the things that you've done, the things that you've done wrong in the past, the, the fact that you're not perfect, the fact that it's not all together, and miss the fact that God loves you anyway. And he takes this broken space and goes, all I require to live here is love. And as we learn to love Christ, as we learn that he loves us, as we learn to love one another and we're established in that space, I believe we are formed more and more in his image. We begin to see through his eyes. We begin to love the way he loves. We begin to live the way he wants us to live. Not because of how much we know. And hear me today, I'm not knocking reading the Bible. I, I try to do it all the time. Like I really like it. But it's not more important than love. I want to try and live a, a good life. But it's not more important than knowing that God loves me. We need to be established in his love. Verse 19 kind of wraps up like this. And it says this, it says, May you experience the love of Christ, as we just read, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, the reality is when we get into this space where we're strengthened by his spirit, the ability to overcome resistance, the power to live dynamically through what he can do in us. The, when we realize that it's about his love in us, that he lives inside of us, that formation happens the very best when Christ is working on the inside of us, living in our hearts. We will receive this idea of fullness of life. Full ringtone. Uh, 
but you should use that for a mix around. Chart that out. The idea of having a fullness of life. I love that picture. Fullness of life. This idea of this completeness in God. Not that we ever have it all together. You know, I love that it says you just never really understand it. <laughs> it means that formation is going to be a constant and ongoing journey in our life. We never arrive. You can't do a 365 devotional and go, I've arrived. Because we did it for a year. The reality is ongoing, we're going to be understanding more and more about his life. But as we do that, it brings this fullness to our life. Last night, I was uh, at a friend's party and hanging out with a, with a bunch of people and kind of was thinking about Pastor Dean's message last week, like some salty conversations. So I'm like, yeah, come on, I'm going to get into some of that. <laughs> and I was talking to some people and this guy, uh, he's a friend of the person whose party is. I, I only really loosely know him, but he comes up to me. He's got this like photo from like Zoe's Facebook account of like me and her like 10 years ago. <laughs> and he's like, look at you. <laughs> and like showing people all this photo. And I'm like, oh man, that's so embarrassing. Look at my hair. Like, did I ever actually wear my hair like that? Uh, and he's like, look at this guy, and like, and, and he's kind of making fun of me a bit, and so I like, don't really mind, so I was having a laugh with him, and then he goes, seriously, and he like, kind of puts his arm around me, and he's like, I don't get it, look at you, <laughs> it's like, you got an awesome wife, you got a little kid who's awesome, you got this great life, you, you're full of joy, and he goes, seriously, what have I got, and I was like, what do you mean, he goes, well, I'm single, don't have any kids, kind of just working my job. I still got weird hair. He goes, I'm losing all my hair. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, don't make fun of people with hair. And, you know, and he's just teasing me and we're having this talk. And I go, and, and I thought, here's a good opportunity to be salty. So I had to go. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's not about all of those things that I have. The reality is I have them because of God. And then he kind of just looked at me funny. I was like, oh, all right, honestly, man, you have a real good beard. And, I, and I, he's like, I got a good beard. And he was like really stoked and he walked off. So my salty conversation didn't quite go how I planned. He, he wasn't ready for that. But isn't it funny that when we live with God inside of us, that he brings the fullness. I think about what my life would look like without Christ. I think about what it did look like before I fully understood that God loved me in that way and began to, to live for him. Think about the course and the direction that my life probably would have taken if he wasn't there. And I look and go, look at what I have. And let me tell you, I couldn't have written that script. I would definitely not have written it any better than he did. Although there's times where I probably think I still could. <laughs> if I look at the request list for my life, I think, God, maybe you should do this and it would work out better. But every time I look back and go, ah, isn't that awesome? And my hope would be that people would look at my life like that guy last night and not look at what I have and then make me walk away and feel like I'm, I'm real good. And in fact, I didn't. I was ashamed, ashamed of my haircut from nine years ago. But that's what I took from that conversation. But the reality is that, that people would look at our lives and go, what's going on there? Like, why does their life seem so full? Why does it kind of seem like it's complete? Why do they seem to have it together? And we can look and then our answer can be because of Christ on the inside of me. That the fullness and completeness of my life come because of who Christ is. Why don't you freak out when bad things happen? Why don't you just throw in the towel when you get that resistance? What is it about your life that seems so dynamic? Oh, it's because I'm being formed by who Christ is. The best way to a, a salty conversation, if you will, is for other people to realize what God is doing in your life and then simply being able to tell them that it's true. And when I think about what it means to be formed by Christ, it's an ongoing journey, yes. Never complete. But it brings fullness to who I am. And every day, there's another little piece of the fullness puzzle. And yes, there'll be resistance. 
And yes, I'll mess it up. And yes, I'll make mistakes. And yes, I'll try and write my own script because I think I know better than Jesus. But as I remember that he loves me and I take that strength from him, my hope would be that it continues to bring fullness to my life. One, so that I can live in his love more. That's gonna be good for me. But two, as we think about our lives going out, that he would be able to do something incredible through me. Paul finishes this little section off with this verse in, in 20 to 21. Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. And it's, you all would have probably heard this before, but I love it. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. See, this is the part where it comes together for all of us. That we're all on this journey, that we're all kind of walking our, our journey with Christ, receiving his strength, living in his power, established in the love that he has for us, with him on the inside of us, working in our hearts. But I love that the end result doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop with us. But I love this idea that through us, he can do infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine through his mighty power, what within us. I used to read that scripture a lot and think it was just talking about, you know how you read things, but you don't read them properly? Like I do that kind of thing all the time. And so I'll read an email from someone and get the complete opposite of what I thought because I just quickly read it. Don't do that. But I'm reading this and I used to just think it would talk about God being able to do greater things than I ever thought or imagined. So I like, it's kind of like sitting on a chair, like watching, like this is gonna be the best sex you ever. Like that was the picture I had, like God can just do anything. <laughs> this is awesome. But when you read it closely, it's actually talking about God being able to do infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. Through his power, yes. But what does it finish with? At work within us. See, as we're formed by him, he is able to do more than we could ever imagine. Think for, ask for. Greater than any wish list you could ever write. He's able to do immeasurably more, one, one version says, than you could ever want. Through his power at work within you. And us as a church, that is our call, that he would do more than we could ever ask or imagine through his people. But it starts with us as individuals. And I believe that's an individual thing and a corporate thing for us today, that he would work within us. And that's why it ties so well. That's why it's such a big rock for us, that as people, we are formed into the image of God, that we would know that he loves us. One, so that as followers, we know how to live for him that resistance won't throw us out of the way, that we would be in the long game of living for him. But then he would be able to execute his great plan for the world, doing great things in us, so that other people then get to experience the same thing. I'm gonna invite the, the team to come back up. We're gonna, we're gonna sing one more song in a moment. You know, just as a, as a step tonight, I know uh, we've, we've looked at kind of, a bigger picture of what this would look like. And tonight, Pastor Dean's actually gonna be back from, from man camp. He's gonna be uh, speaking to us at the 5 p.m. And he's gonna get a little bit more practical in, in how this idea of formation works. Because we don't live this out alone. It's not just a, a big general picture of, hey, if you, you understand the love of God. There's a great place to start today of understanding what it means to walk in that idea of God's love, to be formed by him. But he's gonna bring some practical things to us. He's gonna be able to teach a little bit more into this. So I'd encourage you if, you, if you can and you're able and you, 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 you want to be back, come back tonight at five. It's gonna be a great service together. 
but the ability to kind of get a little bit more practical as to what some of these steps might look like, how we can be taking steps each day to see this play out in our lives. But as we, we sing this song, we're going we're gonna to sing in a moment. I just had kind of two questions for us today as, as we walk out of here. The first one is this, is where do you look for for your own encouragement? You know, we talked about this at the beginning. But where is it for you? Is it actually the Spirit of God that strengthens your life? That really brings that true inner strength? Or is there something else there? And my encouragement today would be, is it something else? Might be something awesome, might actually be something heavy. But to go, that's actually not where I'm going to draw my strength from. And in these moments as we're singing these songs and we're singing this word, to ask God for that inner strength from His Spirit. Ask Him to strengthen you from the inside. Ask Him to give you that ability to overcome resistance, the power for dynamic living, that you would go to bed at night and know that He is enough for you. And the next day will bring its challenges that are already there, but you know that with Him, you will get through those challenges. That His power would be alive and at work within you. And the other one is this, is what's the condition of your heart today? Is your heart full of the love of God? Is your heart being established in love today? His love. His love for others. But I love the idea of that love your neighbor as yourself. It's got to start with God's love for you and your love for Him. And let it overflow out of that. But is your heart that place today that is full of love? Is it, is it a place where God is growing your roots down and establishing Himself in you through His love? What's the condition of your heart? Today, I would encourage you to ask yourself that question as we sing. And if there's anything else in there, we talked about that idea of sin and guilt and shame. Maybe there's other things in your life. There's a greater love for than a love for God. To encourage you today, to, to, as we sing, to ask God to help you sort that out. Invite His love into your heart. Think about how high and wide and deep and long and all-consuming it is. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love today. But in fact, He's just there, wanting to live and dwell on the inside of you, helping to make your heart His home and to fill it with love. And to know that today, that you are loved by God, no matter what you think, no matter where you've been, no matter what anyone's told you before, that God loves you. We're going to sing this song called Fullness today. It really speaks into kind of what we've been talking about, the, the fullness of God, His Spirit alive within us, His love established inside of us and it's just a great opportunity to reflect on where you're at with with God today his spirit inside of you established by his love so that you can have fullness of life and as we do this each day as we live this out each day I believe that's where the fullness of life will come for us can we stand I'm going to pray for us and the team are going to lead us in this song Lord I thank